Hello, friend. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. Thanks. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I, I figured I should probably let you on to our own podcast. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. What can I say? I'm a giving person. Well, welcome to Bookaholics Anonymous. I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And um, Francesca is back from her brief sabbatical. Yes, very, very brief. Very brief. Nowhere near as long as a sabbatical should be. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I'm currently (laughs) in a 90 degree angle with my foot on the wall and an ice pack shoved in my sock. It's super fun. 10 out of 10. Don't recommend kids. Keep two feet on the ground. The the positioning is, it's an interesting sight to see on Yeah, FaceTime. you got like full forearm action. <laughs> I've been working out. You can see. Super pale. Wow. It's super pale. That's hot. Yeah, and then you also get braless titty action, so. <laughs> My favorite titty action. <laughs> <laughs> what other kind would I like? <laughs> Smaller titty action. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking today? I was just about to ask you if you were drinking anything. I'm drinking a raspberry white claw. Ooh, those are my favorite. I love yeah. those. I bought the variety pack. Um because why not? Yeah, are you drinking anything water? Perhaps. I have some Gatorade to mix it up. What flavor? What what color? The red kind, the best kind, Ugh. the superior kind. Do we have any? I have. I mean, Dune came out. I think this week, which was it comes a book. Out, yeah, it came out on Friday. Yeah, for the day that this is released, it came out on Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have no interest reading Dune. It's uh, ginormous. Yeah, but it's... I do love Zendaya, so maybe I will yes. watch it. Um, Queen Zendaya, she is a god among us. I swear to God, she's perfect. She is, in every single way. In every sense of the word. I w- the only reason I would see that movie is for her. Right. Agreed. I mean, Timothy Chalamet, like, I really don't know anything about him other than uh, he... He spread um, chlamydia. Yeah, the chlamydia. <laughs> yeah, the chlamydia thing, and also, like, he worked with Army Hammer, so, like, I know that. Yeah. Timothy Chablagoo, I don't know. <laughs> Timothy Chablagoo, ding dong. Well, anything anything for you? Do you have anything, anything to talk about? Anything for me. Um... Yeah, did you, so did you hear, obviously everyone knows Jamie Lynn is coming out with a oh, yes. memoir in January. <laughs> I did hear. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out in January, and part of the proceeds from the book will go to charity, and one charity already yeah. has um, declined to accept donations from her, which I think is very interesting. Power move, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel for Jamie Lynn and, like, do not come for me. Let me explain. <laughs> I feel for Jamie Lynn because she was, like, what? This was 13 years ago that everything happened with her sister. Right. She was, like, 18 when this whole thing started. So, she, first, she couldn't have spoken up then. And it's hard being the youngest sibling and, like... Anyone taking what you have to say seriously. Now, granted, obviously, this is a completely different situation. I'm a third party outside objective viewer. So I can't say what she could have could or ha- could not have done. Um, and I fully believe anything Britney Spears says. That woman could tell me that the sky is green. And I would say, yes, queen. Yes, ma'am. You say. Um, but I think that she really... Like, this whole situation. She's only, like, what, 30? So, yeah. like, she really, like, she was so young when this whole thing was happening. I don't know how I would handle it if something like that happened to my sister on a on a global stage. Um, So, I think it's... But I also do think it's really shitty that the original title of the memoir was I Must Confess, which is, like, yes. a ripoff of Britney's, Britney's lyrics. Songs. Right. Uh, like, at least use your own fucking lyrics. Like, that's where I kind of drew the line. I was like, all right, you're a shitty person. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about that whole situation to really ha- like feel like I should have an opinion. But yeah. I do think it's like low-key sketchy that she it, like 
I don't know. She like, was getting paid by the estate. Yes. That's, yeah. That's what I have a hard time accepting too. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see how it's gonna go, what's gonna happen if any other charities are gonna jump on it and say I'm not accepting donations from her either. Um, and I think it would be a real power move if Brittany went and donated to all of those charities that wouldn't accept her sister's donations. Right. I think that would be such a power move on Brittany's part. Would she do it? I don't know. I, I don't know. She would, I don't but... know if she has control enough to do that. So yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that comes out in January, and I just thought it was very um interesting the stance that 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 people are coming to saying like, oh, we're not going to accept donations. All right, should we uh, get into it? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I know I I know I said I was gonna do a sequel, but. I felt like since it was spooky season. Spooky, scary skeleton season. Yeah, I should do like a on-theme book. Yeah. So the sequel is coming. It'll be my next episode. But Wait, this the week... the sequel to what? I'm not announcing it yet. Because I want it to be a surprise. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. Just ignore I just me. said I was going to do a sequel, yeah. and this is not a sequel. Ignore me. My brain has turned to mush in the last three weeks. But this week, I'm doing The Babysitter's Coven by Kate Williams. Ooh. This is the cover. Ooh, I like that cover. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. Love a good jean but, jacket. Yes. This is set, like, in modern times, just to start that out. It's set in Kansas, modern day. Um, but it takes, like, inspiration from The Babysitter's Club, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. The tagline on here is, candy for 90s girls and Gen Zers alike. <laughs> <clears throat> Which, um, mm, uh, I have some, I, I don't agree, but I'll, I'm going to cut that out because I don't, I don't want to be mean, but this, <laughs> was the book good? this book is a lot of, it's, it's a lot of setup. Okay. It's a lot of setup and then you kind of get into the plot more like at the very end and it's, um, there's, there's more books, which I didn't realize until I like picked it up and saw on the back that it had like oh and and for the like the next like read the first chapter of the next book and I was like oh this is a series I thought this was just like a standalone kind of thing that was part of like my own personal issue it has nothing to do with the author or anything I just wasn't aware it was going to be a series so I went into it being like man I'm like halfway through and we really haven't gotten to a plot yet (laughs) But, like, if this was a standalone book, that would be a huge-ass problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a it's a, um, a series. I think there's going to be three. So it's a trilogy, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we start off in Kansas with Esme, who is our main character. She's 17, and she is babysitting Baby Satan, as I call her. Her actual name, Caitlin. And... She's talking about, like, how embarrassed she is of her job babysitting, how everyone else has, like, regular jobs, like, retail jobs or whatever, and how she's embarrassed about babysitting, which I don't know if things have changed since you and I have been in high school, but I don't think anyone I knew was embarrassed to be babysitting. Like, I used to babysit. That's how I saved up for my first car. Um, So I thought that was, like, a weird take. Yeah, I personally would have loved to babysit in high school because you can just send them shits to bed by eight o'clock and then like eat their food. Yeah, exactly. You eat their food and watch their TV. Like, what is there to be embarrassed about? Right. But she's like very embarrassed about it. Maybe it's like a culture of like the school or something. Maybe. I don't know. But I felt like none of my friends or anyone I knew was embarrassed about babysitting. Like, I feel like it was just, like, we all did it. So, she's babysitting Caitlin, and she puts her to bed, and then suddenly she starts hearing, like, Caitlin yelling, and goes up to her room and realizes the door is locked. And she's like, this door was not locked when I left. What the fuck? And she starts opening it, and Caitlin... How old is Caitlin? I think she's, like, five, four. She, she's probably, like, four-ish. She's, like, pretty young still. Okay. 
and she can hear Caitlin like talking to someone. And so she's like, who the fuck is in this child's room? Because it's just me and her in here. Um, and so she finally somehow manages to get the door open and Caitlin is on the roof of the house. What? Yeah. So somehow like the window has been opened. Caitlin has climbed out of it and is now on the roof. So Esme lures her, gets her to come back inside, coaxes her back inside. And Caitlin starts talking about the man was trying to take her. The man told her to get on the roof and she tells... Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan? What are you doing here? <laughs> this is not England 19. I didn't even make that connection, but <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> I told you my brain has turned to mush in the last three weeks. That's good because since you're not drinking, we need that energy. Oh right my now. God, yeah. The, my very low energy. <laughs> I would <laughs> rather be asleep right now. But yes. Oh yeah, because we're recording on a Thursday for all you uh, listeners. Usually we record on Saturday mornings, but and I have plans for the weekend. Yeah, no, this is after work for me. I'm much many tired, so this is. You get off be... of work at five. Yeah, I don't have my typical high energy ADHD in me. I commuted, so I have a lot of pent up aggression no. from that. <laughs> That's fair. Let me just take let me just take this as a minute to rant about the MTA. Oh my the god. MTA, the MTA has been late every fucking single day this week. I have not been able to get to the gym for a full workout all week. And I've been progressively leaving earlier and earlier in the day. I literally get onto the subway at during the six o'clock hour at some point. It like change it's usually from about six twenty-five to six forty. Do you think I could catch a fucking seat on the MTA? No. They're all filled. People are already standing. And I'm only like the sixth stop in. Jesus. It's the worst. And then the G will come late. Fuck New York City. Just kidding. But no, fuck New York City. We no, can but say like, that. Fuck, fuck MTA. Fuck the fuck MTA. New York City. Fuck the MTA and their fare rates. Fuck that. Who wants to pay $3 to take the fucking dirty ass subway? That they don't even clean anymore. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. And then you got cops um, throwing people out for asking them to wear I fucking masks. That. Oof. Oof. I got pressed when I saw that. Mm-mm. I mean, I literally only moved here three years ago, and they have raised the rate of the subway since I've moved here. Yeah. They raise it every year, but, like, it's progressively, like... Got, they don't like, raise it every year. But, like, almost, like... Small increments, like five no, cents they didn't or raise like it. that. They didn't raise it last year. Really? I thought they did. No. It's still two seventy five. When they hit $3, they're going to have riots in the street. <laughs> Literally, because you can't charge people $3 for your shitty-ass service. For a service that doesn't even come on time. For exactly. For a service that people don't fucking enforce masks. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> but we digress. We digress. This is brought to you by hating the MTA. <laughs> this is brought to you by fuck the New York City transit. Fuck Bill de Blasio. <laughs> Rant over. Rant over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Esme is out, like, out there. She sees that Caitlin's on the fucking roof and gets her back inside. And C- Caitlin starts telling her about how... She saw this man, and she describes him, and it sounds like David Bowie from The Labyrinth. Listen, okay, I'm gonna kind of go off on another tangent here. I remember (laughs) seeing Labyrinth when I was, like, 12, and having nightmares for, like, months after. And then, getting as I got older, I only ever saw it, like, I only ever saw it, like, once. I swear to God, I thought that movie was, like, a fucking fever dream. And then I was scrolling through Netflix, like, three years ago, and I was like, wait, this shit was real? And it was David (laughs) Bowie? What in the fuck? We're watching it. Next time we're together, Mm -hmm. I'm forcing you to watch it. Yeah, on Thanksgiving when you come. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just make, yeah, no, that movie, I swear to God, I thought that movie was a fever dream for so long. (laughs) Well, it's funny because Esme, like, thinks, well, maybe Caitlin just dreamed this because... 
she knows that her mom has been showing her these movies. And so she's like, maybe she just dreamed that she saw David Bowie and like climbed out the window because she thought she saw him. (laughs) And so she gets her back inside, tucks her in, leaves for the night, whatever. She goes to school the next day. Her high school is called Spring River High and her best friend is named Janice Jackson. Not to be confused with the multi... Janet Jackson. Yeah, the multi-platinum recording artist, Janet Jackson. Literally. And she does not like it that people will all the time be like, like, Janet Jackson. She's like, it's a family name. <laughs> Listen, get off my back. So Esme goes through her day at school and shit keeps happening. First, a gallon of Hawaiian punch spills on these asshole guys that are behind her out of nowhere. Like, no one was touching it. It just, like, spills over. And the guy, like, the the one, the guy who it spills on, like, starts freaking out and blames his friends. And they're like, no, dude, we didn't touch it. And so she's like, hmm, don't know what's going on there. Then, at driver's ed, the car floors it out of nowhere while she is in the driver's seat and crashes into a tree. Hell no. Yeah, and then in dodgeball, she launches a ball at Stacy, who is like a huge bully, and without touching it. And so it's a mess. But this all started when this new girl came to town. So You're a wizard, Harry. This new girl's name is named Cassandra. And she's described as like very pretty. In the book, Esme is described like she multiple times people call her ugly, but like I'm not picturing, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just That's people just being mean. mean. <laughs> I know. You're not so, very pretty. And you're not very bright. <laughs> it's that sound exactly. That's how I would describe Esme, how they describe her in the book. So Esme, le- Esme leaves school, but agrees to still have their club meeting. And their club is obviously the Babysitter's Club. Obviously. Obviously. And the club is her, Janice, and that's it. They did have four girls like their inspo, the Babysitter's Club, mm-hmm. but the but only them two are left. And now the other two girls got, like, other jobs at other places. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Cassandra comes up to Esme and it asks to join the Babysitter's Club. And Esme is like... Uh, I really don't want you to join it because it's just like Janice and I's thing and they like really don't when they they don't meet like they just hang out and (laughs) talk about boys and clothes and shit and so she doesn't particularly want Cassandra to join because she doesn't want her to blow up their spot (laughs) Cassandra (laughs) Cassandra is like very persistent and so she lets her in and she goes to the first meeting and Esme tries to make it seem like it's an actual meeting and like calls the meeting to order and tells Janice to take minutes. And then Janice is like, you need to just cut the crap. Like, <laughs> like just tell Cassandra we just hang out and like, we do actually babysit, but like when we have meetings, we're just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they, you know, whatever they hang out, they do get a call for a job with the Reynolds I believe no wait the Harrisons, it's some fucking some fucking people. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> they get a call for a job with this like family who has a, a like a, a couple boys, I think two or three, and neither Janice or Esme can take it. Janice has like something going on. Esme has to go and see her mom, who is in like an assisted living kind of situation oh. because. Mentally, she's not all there. Yikes. Yeah. She one day just started, like, talking, like, nonsense, and she, like, doesn't, can't, like, she understand what's going on. Oh, and so her mom's started, a witch. Okay. And she started, like, stealing random shit that was, like, really insignificant, and she can't keep conversation going, and she's just very unaware. So now she obviously has to live at this assisted living facility. So... She cannot take this job because she has to go to this facility to visit her mom. So Cassandra is like, homie, I got you. I can take this job. So Cassandra takes a job and we find out. And like Cassandra like reassures them. She's babysitted before. She's fine. It'll be it'll be all be great. It's it'll be okay. She's gonna sacrifice so, the kids. So of course. <laughs> um <laughs> 
So of course, so of course, Esme goes off to visit her mom, and the tr- the visit is like uneventful. Nothing really happens, but she like gets a call from Cassandra, and Cassandra is like, uh, just like starts panicking because one of the kids used the like kid toilet. What is it called? Like a potty potty training yeah. toilet, yeah, yeah, like a potty training toilet. There's like a specific word for it. Yeah, but I, I can't don't fucking know what it right is. Now. So don't ask me. <laughs> right, like if I saw one, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know what that is. But like, yeah, for some reason the word's not clicking today. But yeah, so she's like freaking out because she's like, he he pooped in the this like thing next to the toilet, and Esme's like, yeah, he's supposed to do that, <laughs> and it comes very apparent that Cassandra has never babysitted before. Oh. And yeah, and so she's like, I think he wants me to wipe his butt. <laughs> I was like, oh, girlfriend, oh, girly, mm. you're in for it. Because let me tell you, you're going to have to, yes. Yeah, if that's the thing you're going to have to do. Yeah, and so Esme is like trying to give her directions, and, and Cassandra's like, no, I've got it, it's okay. And she hangs up. And Esme is like very tempted to go and like check in save yeah save cassandra but she is like still meeting with her mom you know Mm -hmm. so she can't get over there so the next day in school esme wants to confront cassandra because she's like this homegirl just lied to me Mm -hmm. straight up lied to my face (laughs) that she 17 17 okay yeah so like if you've been babysitting for a while like you should know like, what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I definitely started babysitting when I was, like, 15, 14. So, yeah. like, by 17, homegirl, you should know what you're doing. Like, you sh- are a senior in high school. Yeah. So. so, she's, like, searching for her at school, and she, like, can't find her. And eventually, uh, Cassandra finds her, comes up to her, and is like, hey, best friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bestie. And admits to her like that she's like probably has never done she's never babysitted before but she like really wants to do it and she like likes kids but she's never done it before and so she really wanted to join the club because so she could babysit but also because she wanted to talk to Esme and at this point I was like is there some like is this gonna be like some you know yeah is this gonna be like gay right like I was all like oh it's this kind of witch book. Okay. <laughs> uh, witch spoiler book or bitch alert, book? It is not, spoiler alert, it is not that kind of witch book, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> to my disappointment. We were bamboozled. We were bamboozled, is right. And so then Cassandra starts confronting Esme about all this like stuff that's happened with like to her at school. Like the Hawaiian punch and the driver's ed thing and then Stace like the dodgeball thing with Stacy and basically she tells Esme you're like you can do magic and I can do it too and of course that like force it like that makes Esme like pass out what yeah she like passes out Wait, I would I can simply really... laugh in the girl's face and be like okay please never talk to me again and just like walk away yeah literally let me see if I can find the exact here it is it says, um, this is page 78, magic, she said with a smile. She held her hand out and a tiny flame sprang from the center of her palm, ho- hovering there like a hummingbird. Maybe I tripped or maybe my legs gave out because that was the last thing I remembered before my head hit the sidewalk and I blacked out. Well, shit. That sounds like something that would happen to me. Yeah, right. Just randomly fall over. <laughs> Honestly, my feet just, at this point in my life. I wouldn't be surprised. Your ankles simply just choose to give up. So when Esme comes back to, she's in the back of a van. Oh, no. Yeah. And Cassandra is there with her brother, Dion. Oh. Yeah, Dion. And she, like, wakes up and sees Dion first. And she's like... I'm in love. "Um, Excuse me? Like, (laughs) you're super hot. Like... (laughs) Why did I have to pass out right now, right in front of this hot guy? You know what I'm thinking of? I'm imagining what? Esme is um, Anne Hathaway in The Princess Diaries pre-makeover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That could work. That could you work. You know what I mean? Honestly. Like, it's not heinous, like, ugly, but it's not Mandy Moore, you know? Right. Not to say that her beautiful curls 
were not pretty because I would kill for like beautiful curls like that. She but... just needed proper curl management. Yes, exactly. But you know, actually, when I read her name for the first time, I was like, okay, Twilight fan. That's what I thought. Can I just say, I have never heard the name Esme more since Twilight has come out. That was the first and me- only time I ever heard that name. Me too. I don't know. I'll have to Stephanie look up Myers, this what did you start? <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucking people naming their kid. Renesme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. But really funny. Anyway. So she wakes up and is basically like, why are you kidnapping me? Where are you taking me to? And they're like, relax. We're not kidnapping you. You like fell. We wanted to make, or you like passed out. In We wanted to make sure you're all right. We're taking you back to our house. And Esme is like, um, sounds like kidnapping, but okay. She wakes up and, and Eric Von <clears throat> is standing over her. Like, don't worry. <laughs> so... Uh, they get to their house and it's like kind of run down, kind of like a low key, a shithole. And we find out that as, uh, (laughs) that Cassandra and Dion's parents left Dion the house. How old is this guy? He's eight. He's 18. He's literally only one year older than Cassandra. Um, and they died. Their parents died when I think he was like five and she was four or she, he was six and she was five, like very, very young. Okay. And somehow they, they thought to will the house to die on, which like seems unrealistic to me since my parents didn't get a will until this year. Ooh. But like, we'll go with it. (laughs) We'll go with it for the sake of the story. Suspend your disbelief. We'll just suspend the disbelief just for, just for the babysitter's coven. So they get into the house and Cassandra starts like, explaining that she has these powers and she's like a pyrotechnesis or something like that. She can control, she can like summon fire and shit. Oh, so she's just a pyromaniac. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she can like, you know, like control and, and oh my God, manipulate fire. Oh my God, are they each fire. like an earth? Like, is this the freaking avatar? Avatar. <laughs> is Esme well, the avatar? Esme can... Esme can is like a tele uh, has telekinesis, so she um, can move, move things shit around. With her so mind. kind of like, kind of like airbending a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, Cassandra starts telling Esme like, "Oh, I've been like trying to look into this. When we moved back into this house, I found all this stuff in the basement from my mom, and she found this picture that has like." Um, it has uh, Esme and her mom in it. And then she found a note that said, uh, find the babysitters. And then she found a book with a bunch of like random ass like lists in it. Wait, Esme so, and her mom in Cassandra's house. Yeah, there's a picture. It's like a group of people and, and Cassandra. No, and Esme and her mom are like one of the people in the picture. Okay. So I don't know. I don't think in the book it said if cassandra's mom is in it i would assume yes if she has this picture mm-hmm. but maybe maybe not it's really not <clears throat> super important who's in the picture other than esme and her mom yeah so um so yeah she explains that all and esme is still like kind of hesitant about it she's like i don't know about this like i kind of just want to stay away from it and Cassandra is, like, really, like, pushing it. She's like, no, like, we need to figure this out. Like, we need to investigate. And you you need to learn how to control your powers. Because she tells, Cassandra tells Esme, I can control my powers. Like, I've trained enough to where I can control them. Esme does not have any control over her powers. They just keep, it just keeps randomly happening. So, <clears throat> so she tells Esme, like, go home, practice, and start thinking about, like, what, like, how we can solve this mystery of like why we have these powers and so Esme's like "Mm, okay (laughs) sure I'll get right on that and heads back home and she thinks about how hot Dion is don't worry yeah don't worry I think Eric Von Deaton was pretty hot too so (laughs) Dion by the way I always I found it interesting Dion's full name is Dionysius after the Greek god and then his mother's name I I believe was Circe which was also, like, a Greek goddess. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. I know that I read Percy Jackson, like, three times. 
so I should know this. And I've read the book, Cersei. Um, but so there is something there. Couldn't tell you what it is. Um, there's definitely some like foreshadowing in that in that in their names, but I'm too stupid and lazy to look that up. So we're just gonna go along without it. <laughs> <laughs> so then she like goes to school and Janice invites her to this party. Um to which Esme is like, we don't go to parties and we don't go to a party like this guy's party because this guy is like apparently like, I don't know, must mean he seems like he's not like super popular. So she's like, why is he throwing a party? It's like a little weird. Yeah. But Janice is like, no, like, let's go. Like, let's have fun, which I have a friend like this. Her name's Hannah. Hannah is Janice. Like, she's always like, no, we should go. Like, just for like the just for the mems, like we should just go. We're we're young. We should go out and have fun. Like, that's the kind of friend Janice is. No. And so they they no, you need a friend like that who like pushes you oh, to do absolutely things. Absolutely not. I am the friend that's like, eh, let's just stay home and drink. We can, no, well, the but, only like, bad things happen when we leave the house. Yeah, but sometimes there's fun things that happen when you leave the house, and it makes fun stories. I only ever hurt myself when I leave the house. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Like, so, it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, but quite honestly, if you know me, we're not be- beating a dead horse. I physically hurt myself doing the smallest things. So, the only place that is safe are the four walls within my home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, they get to this party. Uh, Esme is still not feeling it. Janice, right away when they get there is like, oh my gosh, like, beer pong, let's do beer pong. <laughs> to which Esme is like, um, no, that is for, like, frat boys. She goes, this is a direct quote, she goes, Janice, that's for frat bros. How do you even know how to, about beer pong? And I'm like, yo, it's fun, Esme, don't be such a buzzkill. Fuck. Yeah, what? Yeah, I love so, beer pong. I know, beer pong is fun, even if you don't, like, even if you're playing it without beer, like... I simply am just competitive. <laughs> I simply just enjoy winning. Yes. So Esme is not feeling it and eventually ends up to deci- ends up deciding to leave the party to uh, which she starts just like walking home, I guess, which seems like not a good decision to me, mm-hmm. but what do I know? I'm an idiot. So <laughs> <laughs> I've only survived for 24 years. Honestly, I think I would be, I think I would be Esme and you would be Janice because I'm, I was fully the girl in college that walked home by myself. That is so dangerous. I'm surprised you survived. I would get drunk. I would like go to the bars and then I would get very intoxicated and then I'd be like, ew, this bathroom's gross. I'm going back to the dorm and using that bathroom. (laughs) So anyways, as she's walking home, Dion pulls up. Or pulls up in his car and is like, hey, you need a ride? Which I found so creepy. Yeah, no, don't like that. Right, so he gives her a ride back and is just, like, like talking to her and, and like, basically kind of, like, asks her how the party was and she's just like, oh, you know, it was, like, terrible. I don't really want to do. <laughs> I didn't really want to go. And then he starts telling her about, like, how he's trying to find a job and, and he says this line that I thought was pretty accurate says, looking for jobs, he said, which is basically just, like, letting people use your self-confidence as a punching bag. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, fucking accurate. I thought, I was like, that's pretty accurate. Um, but he basically kind of just, like, complains about, like, how he hasn't been, like, they have, him and Cassandra haven't been able to catch a break, and, like, how it kind of sucks, blah, blah, blah. hmm And so, then we go like the next day and she's visiting her mom again and <clears throat> she does this thing that I think is kind of problematic and I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> so she wants to bring her dog in to visit her mom. Obviously dogs are not allowed in this facility. So what does she do? She buys a vest for her dog and buys like a, like a service animal like certification so then she can like get her dog into the facility. So 
I'm not the person who should probably be giving this speech, so I'm gonna just keep it short and then get off my soapbox. Mm -hmm. Please do not do this. It is incredibly harmful to people who actually have service animals because when you do this and your dog isn't like actually trained, like there are actual animals for emotional support yeah. who are trained for this kind of stuff. Like if your animal's not trained and then acts out, it it's incredibly hard for people who do have service dogs to then get service because everyone just assumes it's a fake service dog. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, please I don't do that. It's like really not great. Like when I read that, I was like, oh. So I can't remember exactly how, but Esme has like copies of this, 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 these lists that were in the book that Cassandra's mom mm -hmm. wrote out. And so the next day, Esme wakes up crazy early. Oh wait, sorry. This is like afterwards. They go and visit with her mom. Her dog like freaks out, which is another reason why you shouldn't be doing that yeah. with a dog that's not actually trained because the dog freaks out and she has to like take the dog out and it's, it's like not a good time. But anyways, the next day Esme wakes up crazy early at like 5 a.m. And since she's up already, she decides, I'll, I'm going to go to school. So she goes to school and breaks what? in. Yes, she breaks into the guidance counselor's office and uses her powers, this like spell from the book, mm -hmm. the list, um, to get into the computer and change her grades slash schedule. So she doesn't have to take PE or like another class. And I can't remember what the other, oh, driver's ed, since she crashed the car. What the fuck? Yeah. And so Esme is like impressed with herself. She's like, man, I actually did this shit. Like... Go me. Haven't you has any hasn't haven't you seen like any movie where people have magic skills and it's always like if you use this for self gain you're gonna like implode or something? Like everybody knows you don't use magic for self gain. Hello. She's gambling with the odds here, what can I say? She is gambling with her own life. Also, just to defend her a little bit, she didn't know this was gonna actually work, so like, she's trying it out. She's pushing her boundaries. It's nothing too crazy, though. Like, she's literally just getting herself out of PE, which, That's like, fair. I totally I, support. I used every excuse in the book to get out of PE. I never ran the mile. Proudly. Right. So, she goes on with her day, and eventually, the PE teacher, his name is Brian, and he's, like, best friends with her dad, and he's the football coach, finds her when she's in her new study period, when she would have gym, usually, mm -hmm. And kind of, like, starts, like, questioning her about it a little bit. She's like, I thought you were in my, like, you were in gym. Like, what's, like, going on? She's like, oh, well, this, like, semester is just, like, really, or this year is just really crazy. Like, I'm going to take it next year. I need this time to study. And he even offers her an independent study, which I would have killed for, by yeah. the way. Like, to do an independent study for gym. Yeah. Stop. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of, like, sidesteps that one and convinces brian to like lay off and like everything will be fine and then as she's leaving school dion pulls up and picks her up and they go outside of town to a sculpture park and dion is like low-key kind of like making some moves and tells her tells esme that Ka uh, cass uh cassandra i want to say cassidy for some yeah. reason <laughs> says that gas still thinks her parents are out there and is like low-key kind of, like, warns Esme to, like, be wary of Cassandra, which I was like, mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Seems a little sus to me. So I literally wrote in my notes, something about Dion does not sit right with me. Like, this guy, just the vibes... Are not, are not immaculate. Not there. Yeah, they're not, they're not great. So, Dion drops her back off, and when she walks into the door, Esme's dad is there, and he brings up Brian and how she, like, dropped P.E., and they kind of get into, like, a little tiff about it, mm -hmm. a little fight. And as they're fighting, Esme gets a call from Janice and says that someone was in the house that she's babysitting at, to which Esme immediately runs out of the house and runs over to the runs over to this house that she's babysitting at, which is like a mile away almost. Damn. Which I'm like, she's a runner, she's a track star. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> that was a good one. She gets to the house and when she gets to the house, she finds that the window is open. Because she, like, 
run, opens the door with her powers and runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she then tells Janice it's her that's there. And Janice opens the door. Suddenly, like, after she opens the door and they're all like, oh my gosh, like, this is so crazy, blah, blah, blah. Someone comes into the house, which makes Esme use her powers to defend them. But it's just Cassandra. So luckily, like, she doesn't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Cassandra, like, it's like, it's just me, guys. Like, it's all good. Um, so obviously she just used her magic in front of Janice, to which she freaks out, mm-hmm. and this child, to which they have to, like, convince that, like, they were having, like, a dream or something. Yeah. Which, this is so messy already. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Janice tells Cassandra and Esme that when she had just put this kid down, she noticed that the door was open, even though that, even though she'd closed it. Um, so she went in and sees that someone was in the room with this kid in a Voldemort costume. <laughs> no. Yes. What the fuck, Richard? Obviously, this clicks with Esme because of Caitlin mm. and her, like, labyrinth scare. And so she, like, kind of puts it together with Janice that someone is dressing up and breaking in. So when the kids tell their parents that, like, someone broke in, they chalk it up to, like, an overactive imagination. I mean, that's kind of smart. I was gonna say, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm kind of impressed. I, too, as a child, would shit my pants if I woke up and David Bowie from Labyrinth was, like, standing over me. To be fair. I mean, it's a scary... I mean, the movie is, like... Some of that shit. It's questionable. It should, it should be like, is it PG thirteen? Because I feel like it I should be. I think it's be. PG. Is it? I don't know. I feel like it is PG because it's like the eighties. So yeah. Is it the eighties or the seventies? I think it's the eighties. Or is 80s. it the seventies? Yeah, no, it's eighties. Okay, Jennifer Connelly is in it, and she's um, she's got to be like eighteen in that movie. Okay, that's that's what I thought. It's just eighties vibes, you yeah. know. It's so the vibes. It's just all about it, the vibes. It is the vibe. She like says this. Janice is obviously like still super pissed. And while all of this, Cassandra asks Esme if she's falling for Dion. Esme's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tucking Ma'am. her hair behind her ear. Ma'am, time management. Put this Literally. in. Put it in a box and put it in a corner. But Cassandra warns Esme to stay away from Dion to and to watch out because. Quote, uh, quote unquote he's a real jerk so so what powers does he have he has the male power of manipulation <laughs> literally so on the way home Janice is obviously still pissed and says that she needs a break from babysitting and in turn Esme mm, that's fair I, I right. get that I understand yeah they like they fight because like obviously Esme didn't tell her about it and she's known about it for a week and yeah it's you know it's a lot of high school like drama I get it but also like we don't have to have a whole blowout about it. Yeah. I don't know. So the next day, Esme and Cassandra get into a fight with these cheerleaders at school. And it escalates to which they have to use their powers. And we have this great quote, which I think is the best quote in the whole book. that says, um, it's page 203, Stephanie wasn't a dog, but she sure as hell was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, that's a I was good like, one. That's a fair point, fair point. So, as they're fighting, Brian comes in and breaks breaks the fight up and then tells Esme and Cass to get into his car, which Cass oh, is, um, yeah, which Cass is like, um, no. Yeah, that sounds super inappropriate, Coach um, Brian. Yeah, but Esme trusts him because obviously this is her dad's best friend and she knows him mm-hmm. and is like, all right, I'll like, I'll, I'll get into your car. I don't know what the fuck's happening. He's so the bad he guy. takes them. So he takes them to his house. It's always the gym coach. Again, Cassandra is like, yo, dude, I'm calling the school. This is weird. I'm telling them you kidnapped us. (laughs) And Brian says he's going to make them do a lot of things they don't want to do. Which again, to which I say, are you even trying to help yourself if you're like the big guy here? This sounds like the beginning of a Daily Mail article. I don't like it. It's not good. So he takes them into this back room. Esme and Cass um, try to to use their powers, but the room stops their powers. Oh, so it's, it's like that scene in WandaVision when we find out that it was Agatha all along. It's literally just like that. Like, that is what I'm picturing. I'm not kidding. So Brian says to sit down. So they, it's what they do because they can't use their powers. And then he starts yelling at them. What? 
Um, yeah, Brian knows about their powers and apparently is in charge of Esme. He's like his, her charge. Oh, like, um, and starts t- fuck, what's his name? The angel from Charmed. That was hot, but now he's like super old because obviously Charmed is in the it, 90s. Right. In the book, they describe it as like Buffy and, um, her like protector. Yeah. So it's, it's like that. And so Brian starts telling them all about this like clan that they're a part of called the sitters and they have this like governing body called the synod which is like a governing council and he literally starts a powerpoint to explain this all to them which i was like that's the most teacher thing i've (laughs) ever heard of in my life i'm surprised he didn't use an overhead literally oh my gosh literally he's like oh shit i i does anyone have a wet wipe? Like, I, I need to erase this. <laughs> this is an expo marker, but it's just a yeah. giant streak. God damn it. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, he, tells, he tells the girls that there is the definite and the negative, which I was like, these are kind of lame names. But the definite is, is our world. The negative is like a parallel, like evil world to our own. And it's the sitter's job to protect the world from what goes through the portal from the negative. To which I'm like, this is a lot of, like, Responsibility pressure. for 17-year-olds. Literally, tell me about it. So, Brian tells them that he'll start training them tomorrow after school. So, Esme and Cassandra go home and then go to school. And after school, meet up with Brian. And he has them fight a demon named Kevin. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Kevin. <laughs> That's like when a dog has a human name. It's just like yes. weird, but it's funny. Yeah. Oh, and here's my dog named Carl. Like, this what? This is my dog named Daniel. <laughs> exactly. Hey, over there. That's my pug. His name's Jason. <laughs> here's my dog, my cat named Jennifer. And over here is my parakeet named Christopher. <laughs> so he is sticky, three feet tall. In green, I think. Maybe I'm not in that order. order. <laughs> yes. It was like but, a Musinex guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> His name is Kevin. We are now, we have made it. Hi, so. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after, after some wrangling, they managed to capture Kevin and Brian tells them that normies can't know about them. So we, normies are like normal mm-hmm. people. Like Janice and Dion. So he asks them, who all knows about them? Who? Which t- like, who knows about their um, powers? Powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought to you meant, Cassandra- like, the, the Mucinex guy, but okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows about them? Uh, I hope nobody I that hope watches no TV. <laughs> yeah, literally. So Cassandra says no one, cause, you know, like a liar. <laughs> and uh, as they're leaving, as uh, Cassandra explains to Esme that Brian is hiding something, so she's in turn is not going to tell him everything she knows, and she's going to keep secrets too until she knows what he's hiding from them. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I wouldn't she's tell him like, shit. She's Cassandra. I'm not gonna lie; like she gives like some weird vibes off, but she makes some points in this book. Mm-hmm. So Esme decides to go visit her mom, and after an uneventful visit, starts walking home. When Dion happens to be driving by. Um, Are you sensing a pattern yeah. here? Because I am. It sounds a little um, stalkerish. Y- yes, exactly. So he offers her a ride home. In return, Esme invites him in for pizza. They chat for a little, and Dion mentions he feels like all his ideas end, end up going wrong. Um, examples like his house, like the house, and then this tattoo that he has that looks really shitty. Like, I'm picturing a stick and poke it's supposed to be an eagle, but I'm picturing like a stick and poke like a teenager did it. Oh, so yeah. You can imagine how well that looks. Mm-hmm. So Esme fixes his tattoo with her powers because this book that they found, all the lists were spells and they can do different things. Like one of them is like... Fix can, the tattoo. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that one does, but like one of them is like uh, you can know everything and then the other one is that you can control technology another one's controlling plants another one you can talk to animals so there's like a bunch of different know ones. everything i already know that i like i already know everything why do i need that spell <laughs> so true <laughs> so the the next day at school brian finds esme and cassandra and tells them 
Their next training will be next week because the football team has an important game coming up. This man, like before he was the charge for Esme, Mm -hmm. was an interior designer. And then to protect Esme, like when he became her charge, the synod like did something. So then he would know things about football because that was the only position open. Uh And this man is way too obsessed with football. Let me tell you. What an icon. An interior designer to a football coach. Right. And the reason that he did not start Esme's training sooner is because he's been wrapped up in football, by the way. <laughs> oh, so, I, like, I'm not that Brian's, is, like, hugest fan right now. That is such a man thing, though. Right. This means that their next training won't be until after Halloween, which Cassandra brings up. And she's like, isn't that, like, the most, like, evil day of the year? And he's like, not here because all of the demons like want to go somewhere like cool, like Disneyland. So <laughs> they don't really come to Kansas. It's like and Halloween. Not now. to mention like there. So there's like a portal, which is how like pe- how demons tra- like come over from the negative. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the synod sealed our portal, which is like a big deal. Apparently, Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, a big deal. It's cause it's like a lot of power or whatnot. I don't know. And so he's like, we're fine. Like, everything's okay. That um, is ultimate for- foreshadow. Yeah. Also, like, Esme brought up previously when they first had this talk with Brian that, like, about the babysitting mm-hmm. and these people breaking in. And he's like, I'll ask the Senate about that because that's, that's, like, a little weird. And he's like, yeah, I asked them. And they said everything's fine. Mm-mm. Don't like that. And everything was not fine, dear reader. <laughs> <laughs> everything was not fine. Lemony Snicket. Yeah, so Esme and Cass go to babysit on Halloween this girl named Mackenzie, who is a 40-year-old in a 10-year-old's body. A 40-year-old in a 10-year-old? Yeah, yeah. She's, like, she's, like, just not a child. Oh, okay. She, like, puts herself to bed and, like, I don't know. Like, she's very, like, I thought you meant old. it was, like, a magical thing. Like, oh, no, like no, no. Like, they trapped a 40-year-old in a 40-year-old's no, body. No, no, she literally just, like acts like she's like a very mature four-year-old very much so which there's their own problems with that so she's in fifth grade and has just got a new phone so it's an iphone of course and she asks for esme's number when she gets uh sorry when she goes to get ready for bed she texts esme that she thinks someone is trying to get in Mm -hmm. of course esme and cassandra race up to mackenzie's bedroom but alas, she's been kidnapped. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So after asking some trick-or-treaters if they've seen her, no. Esme has been calling Esme and Esme picks up. And Janice says that Brian has been arrested for allegations that he was involved with two high school girls. Obviously, this is not a coincidence. Someone is setting Brian up to be dis, you know, dis, you know he's like Dion. disposed. Yeah, it was Dion. disposed. Yeah. D- um. So then he's like not around to help them. So Esme is like Janice. I know you're mad at me, but I need a ride. Mackenzie is missing. Janice says yes and picks him up. Thank goodness. Because, yeah. Uh, Esme can't drive. She doesn't have a driver's yeah. license. So, hence why she was in driver's ed in the beginning of the book. (laughs) So, finally, they make contact with Mackenzie through her phone, who then sends them a pin of where she is. Icon. What a smart girl. Smart girl. We're so proud. So, Mackenzie says that they've stopped and he's talking to someone and then sends them another pin. They're at an abandoned mall because, of course, where else would they go? Yeah, right. That's been turned into a haunted house. Again, where else would they go? Yeah. And so they, um, in my notes, I wrote, it's fucking Dion. I just know it. Yeah. <laughs> so they make their way into the mall to the food court where Mackenzie's pin was. They find a circle with a bunch of weird objects in it. That's including... a very accurate pin. Normally, it just I know. pins the lo- like the building, not like the actual location in the building. No, they've like the update has made it like pretty accurate. Like I can see sometimes like where people are in my house. Oh, that's creepy. Especially, like, if it's a huge mall, like, you kind of know the area, you yeah. know? So, they find, like, one of the weird objects in this circle is a Magic 8 Ball, which, like, I personally loved because I had one and I thought it was awesome. I still have one. No judgment. 
an icon, a 90s icon, what can I say? <laughs> Suddenly, a person steps into view wearing a Darth Vader costume. Mackenzie is tied up and under a spell of some sort because she's just like staring like blankly ahead. Mm-hmm. So this guy, this Darth Vader guy starts taunting them and Esme and Cassandra notice that the circle, when they step in it, makes them weak. Yeah. Suddenly, Janice shows up out of nowhere um, because Esme and Cassandra have been trying to use their powers and obviously the circle is just not having it. So Janice shows up out of nowhere and hits Darth Vader over the head with a chair. Icon. And is, and I, we love Janice. She's my favorite character. His uh, Darth Vader's helmet cracks open and it's Dion. Pretends to be Shaw. Yeah, it, of course. So... Okay, so, like, Dion is possessed. Something is using him. It's, like, very clear. Mm-hmm. And the eight ball that was in the circle seems to be telling him what to say. So it sounds like he's communicating with whoever's possessing him through this eight ball. Mm-hmm. So every time he shakes it, he gets, like, you know, three words or whatever that fits in, like, the little <laughs> yeah. fucking triangle. And so he just keeps shaking it. And Esme's like, you know, if you shake it enough, like, it's going to break. It'll just, like, do bubbles. Yeah. So, and just as Esme is gathering her wits, this fucking portal opens up and sucks Mackenzie in. And now demons are coming out of the portal. Again, they have no training. Like, they literally have not started training (laughs) almost at all. They've done one day of training. They have a singular training montage and suddenly they are prepared for this. Literally. So they start sending the demons back through the portal, and Cassandra decides she's going after Mackenzie in the negative. Cassandra is a badass, I'm not going to lie. Like, she has such balls. Yeah. She has bigger balls than her brother. They are made of steel. (laughs) Oh, kryptonite. Like, let me tell you. (laughs) Vibranium vibranium (laughs) balls. Exactly. Exactly. So the portal then sucks up the rest of the demons, and then disappears so Mackenzie and Janice uh are in the negative and they can't get back Mackenzie and Janice Mackenzie and Cassandra sorry yeah yeah, Mackenzie and uh Cassandra so then Janice tells Esme her mom is on the phone which um Esme is like my mom is on the phone like I can't deal with this right now like yeah so she gets on the phone and her mom tells her to keep Erebus there. To which Esme is like, Mom, like, you can make full sentences and make sense? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on and who's Erebus? <laughs> so Erebus is from the negative and was the reason the portal opened. He's Dion and Cass's father. Ooh. Yes. Some drama, some family drama up in here. <laughs> So, so Erebus had Dion help him open the portal. Erebus didn't intend to have Cass go through the portal, but it's an added bonus, as he says. What the fuck? Yeah. And he also mentions that, like, Dion, he told Dion to kidnap one of these kids, but Dion, like, couldn't do it. And so he basically tricked Dion so he could possess him so he could do it because he knew Dion couldn't do it. So then Erebus, like, dips and is like, see ya. And Dion is left there, finally not possessed, but very confused about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Esme's mom is still on the phone and tells her she will help them. And so Esme sends her mom an Uber and has to, like, describe what an Uber is to her mom. Her mom is, like, like, been, like, effectively, like, not there for 17 years. Yeah. And so Dion has no fucking clue what just happened and tells them that he talked with his dad through the eight ball. And so they like take the eight ball and like start talking to Erebus through it. But then suddenly it switches to Cassandra who has Mackenzie, but is struggling in the negative and tells him like, hurry up. Mm -hmm. We then find out Erebus told Dion that he'd come back and get back the power he lost because he's been wronged. So, whatever that means. Man is, yeah, he's basically like tells told Dion that Dion's mom took something like took power from him, and like he basically like is not a great guy. He basically gaslights his wife, and he just seems like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Well, he possessed his own son. So yes, 
yeah. He's not winning any Father of the Year awards here. So we find out that he had red magic, which is how normies take Sitter's powers. So they make it to Brian's, and Esme's mom shows up in the Uber, which we later find out that Esme got a one-star rating for that ride, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was a great detail. Uh, we find out that she doesn't, that Esme's mom doesn't have powers anymore. So she like really, she can be of some assistance, but not a ton. And we also find out that Esme's mom is only coherent because Erebus has come back through and she's been cursed. And that's why she's like mentally been so out of it Mm -hmm. is because she's been cursed this whole time. But every time Esme has gone and visited her or Esme's dad, anytime anyone talks to her, like, she can understand them. She just can't respond because of this curse. Yeah. So they search through Brian's stuff until they find the spell to open the portal. Bad news, though, it takes a whole coven, which Esme doesn't know what that... She didn't even know they had covens. Yeah. And she also does not have one. Um, But good news, Esme figures out she needs four girls, and they have three in the car. And now this is where I'm I'm not quite certain how this all works, but she arrives at this idea where she stops, where she stops at her house to pick up her dog as girl number four. Uh, I'm like, that seems like a little shaky, but we'll roll with it, I guess. Suspend your disbelief, suspend your disbelief, suspend your disbelief. (laughs) I'm like, I can't, like, there was definitely probably some explanation that I, like, just missed because it was probably, like, one line, but I'm like, uh, I guess so. She is a girl dog, so. I guess technically, it works. Yeah, I guess it'll work. So they go back to the mall with the dog with all the stuff she needs for this spell and opens the portal back up and uses her powers to, like, go through the, like, not, like, she doesn't physically go through the power, but, like, she, like, searches through the portal, like, with her, like, mind, her telekinesis or something. I don't know. And finds Cassandra and Mackenzie and pulls them out with her telekinesis. And so she, like, finally pulls them out and gets them out of the negative and shuts the portal. But, of course, Erebus has to show up. And right when she's like, not again, I'm going to have to fight this dude. <laughs> With my one day of training, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Fucking Cassandra's over here, like, dead. Not She's not dead, but she's dead tired because she's had to be in the <laughs> negative for so long. <laughs> she's dead tired of her dad's bullshit. Yeah, literally. So, just when she's like, shit, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And now she's got Mackenzie here. Like, yeah. how's she going to explain this to Mackenzie? Um, the Synod, like, comes down and zaps Erebus away and then they're gone as well. What the fuck? And yeah, it's like very mysterious and whatnot. And basically the book ends with um, Esme's mom goes back to like being mentally uh, inept because Erebus has gone back to the negative and she can't be clear minded until Erebus is like in the same realm. That's mm-hmm. like how the curse works. The The curse is not explained like fully. And that's like for a reason because mm-hmm. it's probably going to be explained in the other books. And... So she's back to, like, you know, not all there. So she has to drop her off, basically, by the facility she was at because her dad called her earlier and being like, your mom is, she's escaped from the facility. And she's like, oh, no, really? (laughs) (laughs) Wherever could she have gone? Who would have thought? And so, basically, obviously, she can't just, like, rock up with her mom. Yeah. So she has to, like, leave her two blocks away from the facility and Janice calls in. That they like report they report that they saw her. Mm-hmm. They drop Cassandra and Dion off, and Cassandra's like, "Don't you worry, I'm dealing with them. I'm locking <laughs> them in a the closet, and then I'll figure out what the hell I'm, I'm gonna doing lock them in a closet and man. set it on fire. Don't you worry. Yeah. Don't you worry, girlfriend. I got you. And so, and then Cass- or, <laughs> Cassandra, then Janice drops off Esme, and they kind of like make up, you know, mm-hmm. from their fight, and. Esme, like, goes to bed, and when she wakes up the next day, she realizes Janice has no recollection of what happened. Neither does Dion. So, 
they don't remember the day before. And they eventually meet up with Brian again. Brian got out of prison <laughs> for being accused of pedophilia. Touching, yeah, touching high school girls <laughs> because I was like, wow, they really went for the jugular with that one. Yeah, Shit. really. And it isn't even that big of a stretch since he literally kidnapped Cassandra and Esme yeah. from school that one day. So I was like, he, ooh, they got I the mean, security camera, didn't they? Literally, literally. So they meet back up with him and he explains that the Synod basically handled everything and reversed, like, or erased, like, all the magic they've done. So uh, that means that Esme has to take PE and driver's ed. <laughs> They erased that. <laughs> but the good news is they also erased the driver's ed mishap. So there's that at least. Love that for her. Right. And then Brian admits to like how Cassandra and Esme's mom were involved in the sitters and how Esme's mom has like a curse on her and how there's like definitely there's more to the story with Cassandra's mom because they said they died in like a, a fire or a car accident or something. Mm-hmm. He finally admits to it because before he was like all like, no, that was just a coincidence, blah, blah, blah. Which to which Cassandra's like, that's bullshit. It definitely was something to do with this all. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. And so he agrees that he, he'll start like training them and that they're going to have to they're going to work towards breaking Esme's mom's curse and figuring this all out. Yeah. And that's the end of this book. Ooh. Woo! You gonna read the other ones? I don't know. I might. I might because it was a really quick read. Yeah. So I almost feel like I might as well, right? Yeah. The second one is called "For Better or or Cursed." (laughs) So we love to see it. Love a good pun. We love a pun. We love a good pun. That's great. (sighs) Well, that was interesting. I like the concept. I like the the babysitter's concept. I like the the witch stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, it was it was interesting and it was a perfect read for like this time of year. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Thanks. I I read it in like four days. Wow, that's a while for you. Yeah. Well, you know, the MTA drains me. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bookaholics Pod. You can find me on Instagram at Francesca Hope and on Twitter at French Toast Sticks with an X. And where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Just Alicia Reads. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye!